Okay, so Daf Ayin Hey, page seventy-five. We are up to the Aga Belev Ish Yashchen. This is the third line on Ayin Hey Amid Aleph seventy-five A, and the primary focus of today's Daf is going to be concerning Klal Yisrael and the Mun. All right, but we're going to have a lot of fascinating Limudim. What's called Agadat Gemaras which is going to cover a range of topics. But again, the primary topic that we're going to keep coming back to is the Mun in the Midbar. All right, third line. If somebody has worry, he should crush it. Rabbi Ami Ravasi, Rabbi Ami argue over what this means. It means you crush it from your mind, meaning completely... Like squash it, like you know, get rid of squash it, like you know, like an accordion. The Chadamar one says Yashichano laacherim. The real way to get rid of worry is by unloading one's worries to others and asking others for guidance, asking others for advice. Meaning, everyone's agreeing to what Yashichano means, but there's an interesting dispute over here. And I would say that just candidly, sometimes you, you need one or the other. It, you may not always need one over the other. Sometimes when a person has worry, we say, just knock it out of your mind. It's okay. Just pretend like it's not there, brush it to the side, keep going. And other times we say, you know what, that, that's not going to work. You got you to gotta go talk to people. You got you to gotta speak to people who can help people who could counsel, people who have more experience in life, so on and so forth, friends. And there's an appropriate time and a place for both of these. And a snake eats dust. Ravami When a snake eats, it tastes like dust. It means that even if a snake eats all the delicacies in the world, dirt to a snake is like it's dessert. Yeah, there's always room for dessert, right? You could have all the challah and dips and kugel. Yeah, there's always, the meal's not over till you have a little dessert. So, so one says it means that everything tastes like dust. The other one says, no, it's that even if it eats everything, it ultimately needs dust to feel satisfied. Tani, we learned that Abraisa wants to talk about the snake. Let's keep going. Amar Look at the difference between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and a human. When a person, when it comes to, to people, and we don't like somebody else, says Rashi, we go, we make it our mission to destroy them. All right? Make it our mission to destroy them. I'll do whatever it takes to take this guy down. People go crazy over there. They give up, they, they spend their life trying to figure out how they can take, cause the downfall to somebody else. Gave a to the but 
it always, HaKadosh Baruch Hu always made sure that Nachash has what to eat. When it goes up on a roof, it's got dust. Yerid Lamata, Mizanais Avimai. When it goes down below, it's Mizanais is with him. It goes on the floor. Kilalas Kanan, Eichel Masharabe Eichel. HaKadosh Baruch Hu cursed out Kanan, but he eats what his father eats. It's master eats. Vishaisa Masharabe Shaisa. And he drinks whatever his master drinks. Okay? Meaning, we know the halacha is that when somebody's a servant, you got to take care of your servant. Because Baruch said, you're a servant, they're not going to have anything. No, you're gonna be, you need to be a servant. That's what that's Canaan's curse. In order to keep Canaan in line and in check, he's got to always have a master. However, that master, HaKadosh Baruch Hu ensures, is also Mechuyiv to take care of the servant. HaKadosh Baruch Hu Cursed out the woman because Chava caused the first Tavera. And because of that, there's menstrual blood. And because of that, there's nine months of pregnancy and the pains of childbirth. But he, HaKadosh Baruch Hu still made sure HaKol writes in Achareha, that a woman is desired. HaKol writes in Achareha, kill us, Adama. HaKadosh Baruch Hu cursed the ground. HaKol Nizayin, Amen. It's such a fascinating, you know, and, and everything is still, still, uh, uh, gets sustenance from it. Such a fascinating concept and idea, and I'm sure people on this uh, Zoom with uh, with more life experience see this more. But you know, when we get upset at somebody, we just throw the towel in on them. Like that's it. I'm done with you. I'm done. Like I I, I don't want any uh, finished. Hakadosh Baruch Hu, the midrash Hakadosh Baruch Hu, which we know. We're obligated to walk in the ways of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. It's really we we really need to make sure that every human being, whether or not we like them, whether or not we're angry at them, whether or not we're upset at them, that they're taken care of as well. I still got to protect myself. The nachash needed you needed to Hakadosh Baruch Hu needed to do to the nachash in order for the nachash's best interest and the world's best interest that it's got to be on the floor and eat dust. Kanan needs to be a servant. Otherwise, it's out of control. It has to happen. It doesn't mean there's no ramifications. However, within that, you always need to realize there's a achrayas. There's a responsibility that sticks with it. I remember particularly when I, I, was, uh, I ran a high school program in, uh, for a sleepaway camp. And there was one kid in camp who he had to be sent home. He was causing other kids to, he was exposing other kids to things, you know, it wasn't, they called him my father, and I said, you know, Ta, I gotta send this kid home. So my father said, what, you know, is it gonna impact his yeshiva? Because um, he was going into ninth grade, maybe yeshiva's not gonna accept him now if they hear about it, and the, and the whole thing, whatever. So it turns out that he was not gonna be allowed into, um, I made a couple phone calls, and it turns out there's a good chance that there's, you know, I think he was like even accepted on, uh, uh, what, do they, what do they call it? When like, it's like conditionally on probation. He was already accepted on probation. So my father said, listen, if Yeshiva's not gonna accept him, but you're obligated to send him away, then there's two things you need to do. He says, you need to send him out of the camp, but it also obligates you in two things. Number one, you have to make sure that a different yeshiva accepts him. It's gonna be on your shoulders to make sure another yeshiva takes him in. And number two, 
until another yeshiva does take him in, you have to keep learning with him once a week. You have to learn it once a week. I never learned with the kid. I was like, I had a program, 180 uh, kids, 8th, ninth, and 10th graders. He says, he's just going to be sending a kid away because he's having a negative ashpa. You just throw, you know, throw the kid out with the bathwater. No, you got to get rid of him. But there's, there's an achrayas that remains. Um, uh, there's a responsibility that remains. Whenever, sometimes you need to, you need to bring something. To, you, know, you need to come down hard on somebody. But there always needs to be an element of care. And, and make sure that that person is taken care of. All right, let's go back inside. Yisrael says, a fascinating statement. We remember the fish that we ate in Mitzrayim for free. What? What does that mean? Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi says, that Yisrael Taka had fish. The other one says where they were talking about Arias, meaning they were allowed to, before the Torah was given, they were allowed to have relations and be married to additional people. Then the Torah created boundaries around who a person is allowed to have um, allowed to have relations with. Okay, now Rashi tells us what does fish have to do with relations? Because when Yaakov Avinu gives a bracha to Klal Yisrael, he says. To Ephraim and Menashe, he says, You'll be like fish on dry land, referring to the act which brings, um, which brings fruitfulness and children to the world. One says fish, because he said, we remember the fish that we ate. It says it was free. And the food, you could assume, costed money in Mitzrayim. However, when it comes to relations, so they were more open, there were more people that they were permitted to have relations with. What does it mean we remember the fish that we ate? According to you, we're talking about relations. Right? What, is, what does relations have to do with eating? So Gemara says, Lishlam al It's kind of like a, a lush and lucky, just using a cleaner expression. as it says, <coughs> She eats and she cleans, pia her mouth. The Umra, and she says, I've done nothing wrong. <laughs> I've done no others. It's kind of like the kid with his hand stuck in the cookie jar. It's like, I never took any cookies. You know? Okay, fine. If you're talking about fish, you'd say food, the same way food nowadays costs you money. Fish also costs money. So when it says, no, that there was a lot of fish, there was abundance of fish that would come that was ownerless. They didn't need to purchase it. Whenever Kal Yisrael would draw water, HaKadosh Baruch always created a miracle and made sure that there was fish in their water so that they, can, they always had what to eat without having to rely on the Egyptians. If you say that, remember the fish that we ate in Mitzrayim means literally fish. So okay, the word fish we get. When it comes to Arias, says the Gemara, what are they complaining about? That they can't marry their sister now? They can't marry their mother, their grandmother? What's the problem? We could have had relations with more people? Come on. Kal Yisrael were prutim. They're focused on immorality. Kal Yisrael is, is uh, very careful when it comes to their kalas, when it comes to their brides and who they marry and we didn't want it. We understood that, that relations is not a free-for-all. 
Elman Omar Arayas, my Mayana is Chasim. What does it mean if it was a closed Mayan, a closed spring? So Gemara says, Mehanach Tasir, Okay? That Klal um, Yisrael, even though it was allowed, but they were careful not to be Prutzim in that area. Okay? There were, in other words, there were certain things that in the Hanami, Klal Yisrael locked themselves off of. They separated themselves from. However, there were other, uh, there were other uh, relations that w- they were permitted to have before the Torah. And then, you know, th- that they're saying, listen, you know, now we can't have that. It's, uh, we're, we're locked up from that. We're closed off. And that's hard for us. If you say that, we remember the Daga is referring to Arayis. That's why it says, That's Heard Klai Yisrael crying with their family, according to their families. Which means, Al about the topic of their family. That now they weren't allowed to have relations with them. They were saying that uh, both, they were saying, you know, we remember the fish. And uh, they were also hinting to the. Forbidden relations. Rabbi Aaron Leib Steinman, the Chayyim points out that it says in the Torah, "Vayishma Meisha Sa'am Beicha LaMishpachaisa." That Meisha Rabbeinu heard Klal Yisrael crying, according to their families. What does it mean, according to their families? What does that What does that mean? So he explains that every family has different things that they cry about. That's why it doesn't say just say every family's crying. What does it mean, Mishpachaisa? Every family's got some. Some minog, or it could even be a mishagas, that they cry over. Yeah, like, oh, this is the biggest deal. Like, in this family, this is a big deal. Another family, so not a big deal. Right? And when, uh, when a person's not only caring about being Abde Hashem and doing the Ratzon Hashem and making a Kiddush Hashem, there's always going to be some sort of family, uh, you know, family. Uh, Zach, a family thing, something in the family that, that they're going to be, you know, they're going to be crying about that is really unnecessary to to be upset about. Okay, Viter, Klai Yisrael said, we remember the Daga. What was Daga? So we just explained it. Either means remember the fish, or it means the additional relationships. Let's keep going. They also said we remember Hakishuim Vesabatichim. We also remember the Kishuim. The cucumbers, the sabatichim, and the melons, right? Abatiach, a watermelon. Ravami Varavasi argue what they mean and what this is hinting to. Chad Omar. One man, the Omar says, Tam kolaminim tamu baman. The man tasted like anything. Tam chamishaminim aloloi tamu boy. But the list that they just complained about of Cucumbers, melons, they threw in garlic and onions and leek. Yeah, these things, you couldn't get the month to taste like. The month couldn't taste like watermelon. Okay. Bechad Omar. And one says, Tam kolaminim tamu tamu Yeah, that really, um, the man tasted like everything. And it even felt like that food when you were eating it. But these five types of food, you could taste, but it didn't like turn into its feel. 
of those foods. Now Rashi explains over here the reason why these foods are not good, and people should remember this. Lemaise. The reason why these foods were not, did not um, turn into it from the money is because it, it's not good for pregnant women. Pregnant women should stay off of these foods. And interestingly, I'm going to throw this in. So make it, once you're doing a miracle, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so make it that for the pregnant women, it doesn't have it. For pregnant women, it doesn't change. What about everybody else? You see that Kaisal works together. Kaisal works together. Yeah? If uh, it shouldn't taste like this for a pregnant woman, but for, but for somebody else it should, if HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, listen, these five things, either, it's not going to taste like, because that's detrimental for a woman in pregnancy. Or you'll say that um, it, it, it tasted like it, but it didn't turn into it because only this, the feeling of it, the change of it would be detrimental for a woman's pregnancy. I'm assuming that watermelon flavored lollipops are not gonna be detrimental, right? As long as it doesn't have the feel and the substance of it, it's okay. But uh, that's, that's uh, the machlokas over here. All right. The mun looked like coriander seed. White coriander seed. Amar Ravasi. Ravasi says, Ogul kegida the lovan kemargolis. It was ogul. Ogul means round. Kegida, like coriander. The lovan, and it was white. Kemargolis, like a pearl. Center. So it was round and white. Kind of like a matzah, we'll call it. Okay? Not, not necessarily thin. Round and white, more like a, a lafa, you know. Tanrabanon, the rabbis learned the social we got. It's like flax inside of its case. What does it mean? It's like agada. What does agada mean? What we're learning right now. Agada to Gemaras. What does that mean? How's it like agada? How's the model like agada to Gemaras? Yeah. It pulls at people. It's interesting. When you learn an Agatha the Gemara, it pulls at a person. It's like, oh, what's going on in here? What's this story? What, what, what am I being pulled into? Okay? So too, the Mun, people explored with it. It was it, You were able to explore with your food. You, it tasted delicious. You could make it taste like whatever you want. It was an experience. The Mun was a whole experience like when you come across... And I got it to Gemara. It's a whole experience. You're looking at this whole beautiful thing, like, what am I pulling out of this? Where am I taking it, right? Tanya Idach, and another Brisa taught us, God means Shamagit Lam Yisrael Ibn Tishal Arishai. It's, why is it called God? Because it would tell Kla Yisrael, the, um, the father of the baby, the Ibn Shiva Le whether it came from the first father or the second father, okay? Um, I lost the place. Lavan Shemal ben Avinasim Sheyisrael whitened the sins of Klaisel. Now, what's going on over here? What What does this mean that the man was able to tell whether it was a first husband of nine months or a second husband of seven months? So let's explain like this. There's a halacha. Any woman who ends whose marriage ends is not allowed to remarry for three months. Why not? Because if she has a baby, if she has a baby nine months after those three months, it's 
So now it's a 10 months. We know that it's certainly the baby's coming from the second husband. Okay? If she would remarry two months or less after her first marriage, then, and she has a baby seven months later, we wouldn't know who the true father is. There's no way to truly know. Because maybe this is a preemie of the second father, of the second husband. Or maybe it is a full pregnancy of the first husband. And therefore we obligate you to wait three months. This way we can show a, a, uh, with clarity the person's yichus, the person's lineage, which shevet they come from, so on and so forth. Okay. Now, the, what happened was that the, every child's portion, if a child wasn't, a children, they weren't able to go get their own portion. Every child's portion would fall at their father's doorstep. Therefore, the mun was able to itself testify whether this is the first husband or second husband. So women, if their husband died, which a lot of people died in the wilderness, or her husband, they got divorced, chase, whatever it was, she could remarry within three months. Because if she has a baby, what's going to happen? The mun will testify who the father is. It will fall at that father's doorstep. Gavaldik. Okay. Tanya. We learned in the Brisa. The same way that Rabbi would tell Klai, so what is hidden? It literally means the nooks and crannies. All right? Ketzat. Shnaim Shabalafnei Maishaladin, two people come from Maishabinu to be judged. Zaimer Avdi Ganavta. One says to the other, You took my servant. Zaimer Atomachartali, I didn't take it, you sold it to me. Amadam Maisha Maisha would say, Labaikir Mishbat. I'll give you a psak tomorrow. The Makhar the next morning. Imnimsa Aimrai Bebez Rabbi Rishain. If the Aimer of the Mun would come down, because it also came down to be able to feed the servants. If it came down by the one master's home, good. No, the second guy stole it because the first guy's really the owner, and that's why Akadosh Baruch is still sending down double portion. Because you can play all the games in the world, Akadosh Baruch who knows. The chain and similarly Ishvi Isha, Shabbat Shalom. A man and woman would come in front of Akadosh Baruch Hu, come in front of Meishra Rabbeinu for a din. Zayimer he's sarcha alai, and the the husband says he's sarcha alai that she's not following through on her wife responsibilities. Okay? She's not following through on the wife's responsibilities. The Hei Maris. And she says, who's Sarah Halai? Sounds like a very common uh, discussion over here. She says, no, I'm not the one who's uh, wrong in the marriage. He's the one who's wrong in the marriage. Amr la says, mishpat. We'll figure this out tomorrow morning. The Machar the next day, he... If her portion still comes out in her husband's home, it still comes down. It seems it's gonna. It, this is a sign that she's the one who's not following through. Okay. Now, how does it show that he's not following through? Because um, when the mun falls and it lands at his doorstep. It must be that he, why is her food coming to him? What's the obligation of the ksuba? That he's going to feed her. 
So if the husband is still getting the food, that's a sign that he's still mechoyev to take care of her. And if not, vice versa. Okay? Okay? And if it comes out that the, the, the man would fall at her father's doorstep, like back at her original home with her family, so it must be that, um, you know, he, he's the one who still owes it to her and, and, and uh, that's why it was given to the father. Okay. And the man came down at the same time that the dew came down, except the man landed on the dew. And it says, People went out and they gathered. And it says, in the morning, People would, would schlep out, you know, have to say, and go collect it. Look at the three different psukim. Again, there's a famous Gemara, often quoted. The first, the first Pasuk says, when the dew fell in the machana, the mon fell in the machana. And then it says, the people went out of the machana together, and then it says, there are people who had to say, Tzvila Sadarach, to go get their mon. Okay, it's a, says the Gemara, I'll tell you, it's really all three tzaddikim, Yorad Pesach Vateyam. If you were a tzaddik, the mon fell at your doorstep. Bainanim Yatsuvalaktu, a regular person, you went out a little bit, you left out you left the camp, you went to the supermarket outside, you collected your money, you came back in. Rishaim Shatuvalaktu. And the Rishaim, they had to go all the way out and uh, and gather it in, which is one of my uh, one of a very powerful idea from Mabaran Leib. Zechitzalik Lavracha Rabaran Leib says that when Kairach comes to, argue, comes to uh, argue on Maisha. So, Maisha Rabbeinu says that tomorrow, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will let us know who he has chosen. Yeah? So, Fractal Baron Leib, why doesn't Maisha tell Kairach, let's take this outside right now? Right now, let's go, let's go see who HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants. So, as a Baron Leib, Maisha Rabbeinu, and if you look at Rashi, it's mashma like this. Maisha Rabbeinu wanted Kairach to do tshuva, right? So, how is he going to get Kairach to do tshuva? So he figures like this, tomorrow morning, Kairach's man is going to fall eight miles away. And he'll realize that he's wrong, and he'll do tshuva, and, uh, and I'll save his life like that. What happens the next morning? Kairach wakes up, and his man is eight miles away. What does Kairach say to himself? Of course it's eight miles away. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is telling me that yesterday I didn't make big enough of a machlaikas. I'm not standing up enough to shame Shammai against this Maisha Rabin. And that's why I need to make a bigger mach like this. That was Kairach's. <laughs> that was uh, person, a person's convinced to do the right thing. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> There's only so much you could do for them, right? But Rishayim, it fell far away. And Kairach's Mantaka fell far away. He just reinterpreted it according to his own agenda. All right. Ksiv lechem, it says the mon is the mon is called lechem bread. Uksiv ugas, and it's called uga. Uga usually means a cake. Uksiv v'tochanu, and it says that the klal yisrael did teichen. They they would grind it up. Why would you grind up bread? Why would you grind up cake? What's going on here? Okay, tzad. Says the Gemara, Tzadikim Lechem. Tzadikim, their man looked 
it came down in the shape of bread. Okay? It was white coriander, but it was shaped like bread. Beninim ugais, a regular person was like a cake. Rishon tochnu berechayim. And the Rishayim had got like little mun kernels and they needed to prepare it. Or they would uh, crush it. In a mortar. That um, uh, the women's makeup came down with the man. Which are things that generally are crushed in a mortar. Okay? Lost the place, I'm sorry. And they would take it and they would cook it in a pot. Not only did the man come down, you hit us, spices came down with the man. You want the kosher salt? You want the black pepper, garlic powder? What do you want? Paprika? What, what, what do you want? Steak seasoning? So they would have different spices that came down with the man to allow them some people want the, want a little bit of hot sauce. You know, they want a little bit spicy. Other people like you want to add a little bit of sweetness, a little bit of salt. So everybody was able to, to you know, um, get more of a a personalization of the mun, as opposed to everybody, you know, eating the same exact thing. And interestingly, this was in addition to having the ability to have a taste like whatever you want. You can have a taste like whatever you want, but let's say I like pizza, but I like. Uh, you know, I want pizza with my, uh, uh, you know, with my hot pepper sauce, and you know, I don't want it to just taste like it. I want to have it. these seasonings came down with it. And Hakadosh Baruch Hu sent out an additional present each and every morning. My babayker, babayker. What does it mean, babayker, babayker? Amr b'shmo barachmeni, amr v'yanisah midavashiyar lam babayker, babayker. Which means, Kaiso brought something that would come down with the man every morning. This is what they would donate to the, to the Mishkan, that there was even precious gems and diamonds that came down with the man. We know that the Nesim brought the Shayam stones for the Mishkan. Tana, we learned, some of the Bali Musar explain, when you look at the donations to the Mishkan, it says, if you look at all these things that I just listed from the from the Pasuk, right? He would give Zahav Kesef Nechayshes, right? Gold, silver, copper, Tcheles, Agamon, Telashani, different colors of wool, skins oils, it goes in descending order of value. The last thing listed is the Avnei Shayam and Avnei Meluan, which have, were the most expensive things ever. Incredibly expensive. Why is it listed last? Because it wasn't about the value. It was about the effort that people had to put in in order to give it to the Mishkan. And the Avnei Shayam and Avnei Meluan, which came down with the Mun, specifically for the Mishkan, granted it was donated by the Nasim, but it's not given the high status because of it, because of its 
uh, material value. Therefore, it's even lower because it was a very easy thing for the Nesiyim to bring. And the eyes of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that, uh, that has lower value. The Torah says, it tasted like dough with oil. Just like in the milk of a woman, a baby is able to get many different tastes. Rashi says, a woman's milk, the taste of a woman's milk depends a lot on what she eats. Okay, depending on what a woman eats, that's going to depend on the, the actual flavor of her milk. Afaman, sotu with the man, calls manchi so laichem as long as Kaisal was eating the man, we found many different tastes. Ika da Amri, the shade, mamish, it's referring to the man, it's referring to a shade, okay, a demon. Just like shadim take on many different gavanim, many different uh, shapes and sizes. So too, the man was able to have many, many different flavors. And um, okay, yeah. There's a there's a medrash, a fascinating medrash, that tells over of a yid that decided he is going off the derech. He's in the midbar, and he's going off the derech. He's leaving the machana, and he's going out to to. Uh, Live with the other nations. Yeah, he's leaving, he's leaving his uh, he's leaving his crew, so he leaves the machina, and he goes to Moab, and he walks into a restaurant, and he says, "Give me the best thing on your menu." So they bring out venison. They bring out venison. They feed him venison. He sits down. He eats this venison. This is the most delicious thing he's ever eaten. He says, "This is amazing. It's amazing." I gotta go back and tell my chaverim. I gotta go tell my Jewish friends what they're missing out on with the cheeseburger. So he goes running back to the machina. How he got back into the machina, I don't know. It's like the clouds, but, but okay. But he got back in somehow, and he goes back to his tent, and he is regaling all his friends with his stories and his experiences, and this amazing dip and the venison. And Moshe Rabbeinu walks by his tent. And Maisha is listening to him talk about this amazing food that, uh, that he was zeichet to eat. So Maisha tells him, he says, you fool. Do you realize that Moab and the other nations, what would happen was uh, any mun that was left over would, would uh, liquefy and was not gathered, would liquefy and run down, the, run down the mountains into valleys. And the nations would come and bring their animals to lick up the leftover liquefied mun in order to make it taste so much better. He says, when you went to this place to eat your venison, you should realize that the only thing that you were able to taste, in a way of non-kosher, was what you tasted was the mun that the deer ate. To allow it to taste delicious. You're an idiot, you're a fool, you're an imbecile. You could have, you could have, you mama have, you have everything right here, but you're instead you're running away. You think you're finding better stuff over there. Everything's found within Klal Okay. Back inside. Here we go. 
Moshe Rabbeinu says, we are now two lines to the bottom of the page. You meet in the morning, uh, uh, meet at night, bread in the morning. Meat that we didn't ask for properly. Was given to us not properly. Okay, it says Rashi, what does it mean it wasn't given to us properly? Last Rashi on the page, it means that it came towards nightfall when it was hard to prepare it for supper. But lechem, top of Amadeus, the bread, that Shashalukahagin. We asked for it properly. We said, listen, it was a proper request. We said, listen, we can't eat without bread. gave it to us properly. teaching us that a person should eat meat at night. Look at the word derecheretz. Derecheretz does not mean to act to people with respect. Derecheretz means to do what's normal. Do the normal. It's normal to treat people with respect. Derecheretz is the way that things should be. The way things should be is eat pastrami for supper. Don't eat pastrami for breakfast. When a person eats a meal, he should eat it during the day. It means you should, if you're going to be eating meat, your, your main meal should be primarily during the day. It says, Yep. That it should be like a middle of the day. That's what I mean. It should be like a daytime type of, of meal. Amr Yaakov. Rav Acha Bar Yaakov says, okay, meaning, I'm not telling you daytime, I'm saying it should still be light outside. Amr Rav Acha Bar Yaakov, Rav Yaakov says, in the beginning, Kala Yisrael were like chickens. They, they eat around in the, in the garbage. came along and established a meal. Okay? Now, you find this, where when the man came down, it was established to eat meals. The Mepharshim explained that in Mitzrayim, the Mitzram didn't sit down to meals. The Mitzram ate like chickens. They just pecked at food like snacks, like some, some people nowadays do. People don't sit down to meals. They grab a snack on the road and a coffee here and a thing there. Right? It's very important to have Seder, to have, to have order. Okay? And Kaisal had to like change this Midah that they were so used to, not only from working in Mitzrayim, because, but this was the culture in Mitzrayim. Habasar, Aydenu, Ben The meat was still between their teeth. Uksiv, it says, until a month of days. What's going on here? Okay. This is talking about when eating the slav. All right. So it seems to be a dispute over the, uh, the, the timeline. Beta Nimla Alter Mason says the, the middle people died right away while they were still eating. But the wicked people, they, it was like a torture. Yeah, it was, it was, it was uh, very painful for them, and it was a long and slow process until they died. And they spread out. Rishlakish says, all right, here we go. And they spread out. This is talking about the slav. Don't read it. They spread out. That they shechted it. Malamidi teaches us shenes chayvu saneim shayisrael shchita. It's letting us know that saneim shayisrael, which literally means the enemies of Yisrael. We know it's referring to the sinners of Klal Yisrael shchita. They were deserving of being shechted. Shatuach. They were spread out. Tanu meshmei der Yeshua ben Karcha. Was learned the name of Yeshua ben Karcha. Altegrei shatuach. Don't read the word shatuach. Spread out. Ella shachot. Rather, it means shechted. What does that teach us? Malamid sheyorad lam Yisrael imamon davar shaton shchita. Along with the man, 
Klal Yisrael received something else that needed to be shechted. Amar Rebbe. Rebbe says, okay? Meaning that the Slav came with the money. Amar Rebbe. Rebbe says, one second. You're learning it out from here. But we already said, and it came down upon them like rain. Meat was like dust, and the birds like the sand. Vitanya, we learned in the Bible. So Rebbe, I'm a Rebbe says, You should shecht it as I command you. Maishu was commanded that proper shechita is to cut the trachea on the esophagus. That as soon as you cut majority of one in a bird, it's a kosher shechita. When you cut majority of both in an animal, it's a kosher shechita. So what does it mean? It means that it came down in different layers. Okay, there are different layers of meat that came down for klal It says calls them on bread. It says that the bread was dough with oil. Uksib Devash, and it says that it was cooked with honey. Well, how was it? Amar of Yaisi Rebbechanina, Lena Arim Lechem, for young people, depends on your age. Younger people was bread, Lazakainim Shemen, older people was like oil, Latinaikas Devash. And for infants, it was, uh, it was like honey. Now Rashi says each one of these things are healthy for people at different stages of their growth in life. Okay? So younger people do well with carbs, with bread. Older people, uh, you know, it was healthier for them to have a little bit more of a of oily food. And honey was uh, uh, honey's better for children. Okay. Now, what about the slav? Ksiv slav, ukarinon slav, a ksiv slav. All right. So it says it with a shin, but we read it slav like with a samach. Why? Righteous people eat it with shalva, with calmness, tranquility. Well, Rishayim eat from it, and it was very prickly. They didn't, they, they, the slav, they, you couldn't really appreciate it. There's four types of slav. The best type of meat was, was sikhli. Korea the Kulu Slav and the lowest level of it was Slav. The Havi Kitsi Porta and it was like a little bird. They put in the oven the and the oils and the fats <coughs> uh, filled up the oven. And they put on top of 13 loaves of bread. And the bottom one was um, was uh, so had so much oil and so much fats that it was only able to be eaten uh, in a mixture with other foods. Rabbi Yehuda Meshkachas Dani. Rabbi Yehuda found slav Dani between his barrels. Rabbi Chista Meshkachas Rabbi Chista found it in his shed. Rabba Maisile Arise Kol Yoma. Rava's Aris Aris is a sharecropper who would receive. He didn't own it, but he received a percentage of. The uh, of whatever crop would grow, let's say I own a field and I hire somebody. Listen, you run my field, and I'll give you thirty percent of whatever it is. Yuma uh, chadli icy. One day the sharecropper didn't bring him any slav. Amar my high says, "What's going on?" 
Solik Igri went up to the roof, Shamili Anuka the Omar, and he heard a kid who was saying, Shamati Batirgaz Bitni, I heard and my stomach shook. Omar Rava said, Shmamino Nachnafshi Ravchista Ubado Rava Ochil Talmuda. It seems that Ravchista has passed away. And because of the teacher, the student has now eaten. Okay, and in other words, he's real, realizing that the bracha has now stopped because his rabbi is no longer here. Ksiv atal shivchas atal. One more minute, we're done. Okay, it says atal shivchas atal that the layer of dew went up, and all of a sudden they looked and they saw the top of the mud because until then the dew was covering it. For one second, it says uksiv ubredas atal. It says that the the dew came down and then the mud would go on top of it. So how did it work? Was the dew on top of the mun, or was the mun on top of the dew? Yeah, you know how the mun came down? Like a mun sandwich. There was dew on bottom, mun in the middle, and dew on top. It was covered, covered on both sides. Okay? One of our favorite, when I was uh, younger, one of our favorite uh, times was when my mother would go out of town for a couple days. And my father was in charge of making munch. So our sandwich, our special tati sandwich for school, you take a slice of bread, put an entire chocolate bar on it, another type of pie bread, that was our sandwich. We get to school, throw out the bread and eat the chocolate bar. Married. Okay. Dak machuspas. So uh, the, the man was very thin, like matzah, yeah? Like, but it's called chuspas. This is something that melts on the hand. It's something that was that mamish went into all, the entire body. Mechuspas tuba have. Mechuspas is is a higher than two hundred forty eight. Okay, mechuspas is is two hundred fifty four. The gematria. Rachman Yisro says mechuspas siv without the vav. Hence, it's two hundred. And 48. Final brisa for today, and we will hold it here. Tanra Bhan, the rabbis learned, and so should we. It says, humans, people eat abirim. This is bread that malachi asharis eat. This is the vin of Rebbe Kiva, meaning the malachim, the man was really malach food. Not true. Like when everybody says, goes up to the malachim, and he's like a malach, and he doesn't eat bread, and he doesn't drink. So what does it mean that they, that they got a birim? It means mon that, that went into the entire body. So what does it mean that you have a yosed, a peg, which should be on your ears? This is things that sellers, salesmen, of the world would sell to everybody. Even things that salesmen of the nations of the world would sell, mon mafigam. The, uh, anything that had a little bit of mon in it, like elevated it and raised the price tremendously. Uh, which means after Klal Yisrael complained, that Klaishov should be like the Malachim, but Akshav now that you complained, I want you to be like Malachim, but now that you complained, Matriachai Sam Shalish Parsois, I'm gonna have to you're gonna have to leave Shalish Parsois to relieve yourself. As it says, the Yomar Rabbi 
I saw the Parsi in Mistaka three Parsa distance to go go to the bathroom. Vitana Kisha Nifna when they would go to the bathroom, a nifnin la fam by the Tsdayam Ella La Akai Rayam. When a person goes to the bathroom, they they uh, would go to the bathroom La Akai Rayam. Um, meaning they wouldn't turn backwards. They would just go, uh, turn backwards in the wrong direction. They would just turn to the sides. But now our lives are dry with nothing. Eventually this man is going to hurt us. They said, how can a human being ever eat food and not go to the bathroom? It bothered them. It bothered them that they couldn't use, that, that they couldn't use the restroom. They weren't living in a normal fashion. And that's why... Ultimately, because broker says, okay, you want to use the bathroom? Three parsa. And uh, that, that's going to be your distance. And uh, that un- ultimately was Kali Saul's punishment. Okay, we're going to hold it here for today. And Bezos Hashem, pick up from here. 10 o'clock, uh, 10 p.m. on Matzei Shabbos with Ukeshenemru Dvarim Lefnei Rebbe Shmuel. Have a wonderful, wonderful Shabbos, everybody. Agitin Tov.